Welcome back, Lumberjack fans. You're in for... It's pardon me, Alex time. You're in for a much, much happier podcast than our last regular episode. Oh, without any doubt whatsoever. Like, this is going to be an absolute joy ride as compared to the Wednesday night fiasco. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good podcast. We're ready. We're ready. Um, we actually did finish. Uh, we actually did a podcast earlier today. We finished uh, interviewing somebody that um, it was kind of exciting little podcast, and it'll be kind of uh, kind of interesting to get you guys' reactions to it as well. So we'll be posting that soon on uh, on Anchor and on all the all the platforms. So be looking out for that one. It'll be a little special edition podcast. So you get two for one today. You do get you for one. You will. You definitely do. So, uh, surprise. Anywho, so man, what a weekend we had. It was a long but fun weekend. It was, and I I know I needed it. Um, oh yeah, for was sure. Much needed. I mean, yeah. First of all, we you know go to the girls' game on Saturday and watch them absolutely. Sh- Straight embarrass Sam Houston, one hundred four to sixty nine. Demolished. Disgusting. I mean, absolutely disgusting type stuff. Um, and then, of course, we went out after the game. Oh, man, that I was done that in a while. Yeah, that was my first weekend outing since New Year's. It. That's true. Yeah. That's true. It was. That was. And, and since yeah, I had was, uh, COVID, so that was my first. That was my first outing, and I made the most of it. Certainly. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. It was fun. It was a really good time. We had okay. a, we had yeah, all we had our a great time. We had a good time. Hit all our favorite spots. We did. We did hit all the the normal regular jaunts and joints that we typically frequent. So. We had a good time. We saw people we hadn't seen in a while. Of course, doing it all safely as much as possible. Um, but yeah, we had a great little time. Um, and then we wake up Sunday and we go have some brunch at the hotel, Fredonia, at First City. And then we go to the basketball game. Oh boy! And this is where the this is just again strap in, buckle in. This is going to be the the happy podcast as opposed to the again the the craziness that was the other night. So. Obviously, we know that the game was broadcasted on ESPNU, so that meant we had actual like ESPN uh, announcers this time. We had uh, David Saltzman and King McClure, who actually was a former Baylor Bear who was on the team when we upset them when Shannon did that last yes. minute kind of like layup. Yeah, and I want to say he was like saying that he. He'd never been in Akinogis, and he didn't even know where it was. And I'm like, yeah. If yeah. you got embarrassed by, it, like, you you should know where Nacogdoches is, too. Like, come on. Exactly. Yeah, because like David was like, you mean you don't know where Nacogdoches is? It's two hours up from Houston. Like he knew exactly where Nacogdoches yeah. was. He's like, take exactly the loop where. and he's like, take the loop on 59 from Lufkin and keep going about 30 minutes, and you're there. Like he knew. Yeah, like he knew exactly. He's like, it's in the Piney Woods. It's surrounded by trees. And I was like, okay, so either Saltzman does his research or, like, he's been here multiple times. Who knows? Uh, well, Probably both. 
And I think McClure just didn't want to admit, like, he was too, like, since we beat them, he was like, yeah, I don't know where it is. I've never been there. I'm like, because if you, yeah, dude, we, sm- we smacked that ass. Said, like, Come on. I'll never forget that game when Shannon did us dirty. Da, da, da. I was like, okay, so he, he, he remembers that game. He's yeah. still salty yeah. about that game. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry, King. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Um, but they were on the call, and I mean, I think Jacqueline and I both agree. Like, I think that they did a really good job. Like, they bounced off each other well. I mean, obviously, no one's ever going to beat Rob and his amazing golden voice. But I mean, they were they were not horrible. They were good. Yeah, um, I, I thought they were very good. They they really did come prepared. They did their research, um, and you could see when you watched it back on TV, like they weren't recording together. And as we know, this is why we, you know, Alex and I usually do a a Google Meet or a Zoom call when we record so that you can see when the other person's talking and not not overstep. Like, they weren't together recording it, so I don't know if they had, like, a video call going on where they could see each other, but they they did very well. It was very seamless. Yeah, I, I agree. They had to have because I, I feel like if they didn't, then they would be stepping over each other's toes a lot. Um, but it just – there was moments during the game, though, that you could tell King was, like, totally – on team Bearcat because I don't know, like he just, he kept like using phrases and words and he kept like, you know, talking, even though he talked he'd, positive, he'd use say, like possessive pronouns and say we. Yeah. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. So he was calling Sam Houston, like he was using we. And I'm just like, first of all, honey boo boo, you weren't even at Sam Houston nor on that team. Um, and, and he even made the comment that Kyle Keller tried to recruit him at AM. And he said that there was no way I was going to be an Aggie. I was always going to be a bear. And I was like, well, okay, we're, <laughs> excuse the shit out of us. Yeah. Like, like that has anything to do. Uh, no. <laughs> like, whoa. Calm yourself. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, obviously the, the, the stats and stuff that they were talking about during the game and some of the things that they talked about during the game, um, we don't usually get on the broadcast. You know, they had um, graphics up, like the fact that we're number 11 in Division One or eleventh ranked in Division One on for having nine point one steals per game, the fact that we are uh, fifth ranked in Division One with having eighteen point eight turnovers forced per game, uh, the little tidbit about Nigel's dad that I'm sure we probably knew, but just I forgot um, that he was in the NBA for three seasons, and I think they said his uncle was as well. Right? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. And they said the teams. I just can't remember. I'd have to go yeah. back and listen to the feed again. I didn't, but I, yeah, I didn't stop yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't catch it. Um, My only grievement, gr- grievance, besides King acting like he didn't know where Nacogdoches was, is that they, they again, called Nana Nana. Yeah, and I actually put that in my, my uh, actually my airing of grievances, too, because I was like, come on. Like, you've got his whole name correctly, but then you get his nickname wrong. Yeah. It seems pretty easy. I just, Nana, if, or uh, Nana is like the short A because it's got two N's, but if it's only got one, it's just Nana. Exactly. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So tell us about this little note you have about. Oh, okay. So, and I didn't realize this until I was watching it back because I I wasn't paying attention to Sam's staff and I didn't look at the little like pregame thing. But, so their assistant coach for Sam is named Phil Forte, and he, I saw him play at the state tournament in 2011 and 2012, 
Um, his team won the state tournament both years, and his high school teammate was Marcus Smart, who now plays for the Celtics. And so they won. They won two years back to back the state tournament. Uh, they played for Louisville Marcus, and then they were both being recruited for college. And Marcus Smart like could have played anywhere in the country, but Phil. Marcus wanted to play with Phil. And so, anyway, it was like a package deal. He was only going to go somewhere that would also recruit Phil. So, they ended up playing at OSU. And then one of my best friends, Christian, who I met actually at the state tournament years ago, was going to Tech at the time. So, we planned for me to come out to Lubbock whenever OSU played Tech to go to the game and watch Phil and Marcus. And we go, and it was literally the game where Marcus Smart got... (laughs) Got a tech and got thrown out of the game because he went into the stands after a fan because a fan was... Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. I remember that story as well. ...was saying very not nice things. Um, anyway, so just funny story um, that that was him. I was like, that's wild. Had no idea. That is, that is extremely wild. That's where he is. That is a crazy, crazy story. I remember you telling me about that story. I was just like, holy God. Um, and then anyway, and then tonight, of course, was the coaches show at Bottle Cap Alley usually every Monday at seven o'clock with uh, Rob and, you know, the coaches that are in the season at that time. So it was tonight. The guests were obviously Coach Keller, Coach Kellogg, and then Coach Cox was on there as well. And let me tell you, when I say Coach Cox is a smart, smart wealth of information and history about basketball, this guy knows everything. And I told him that after he was done, I was like, I feel like I was just in class. Like, could you, could you like, I don't know, like hold a basketball history class about all the, I mean, it was, he is a wealth of information. He's so smart. He's so basketball smart. It's insane. Yeah. His, his basketball IQ is very high. High, high, high. I mean, and you can tell because, I mean, he's using, you know, all the terms, like, I mean, he's not even like trying to use layman's terms like he is just his his iq is so high when it comes to that he's not even thinking about what us peons don't know we don't know yeah and that's what it was good that rob was like okay well let's break it down and like explain a few of the terms that you use because some people might not know yeah what they are and i was just like i knew some of those terms the other time i was like (laughs) this guy like i love coach guys he's insane but anyway the show was really good like i said it started out with coach keller uh, Jacqueline was listening uh, from home. I actually went up there because I actually had some time to go up there. Um, but yeah, it was good. He just Coach, Coach Coach Keller cracks me up, man. He he just has like a smart little comment for everything. You know, <laughs> talks about participation medals for Wednesday. Everybody got a participation medal. Um, that's just wild. That's so funny. He's such a goofball. Um, but he really talked about how they're you know he really thinks that because of that game on Wednesday that they really grew from that diversity. And that's why they, you know, we kind of played so well on Sunday versus Sam, which I could see that. Um, and that he obviously was really proud of the, the crowd and even though it couldn't pack it out, but it was as packed as it could be, um, that the team had good juice. He mentioned that multiple times on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then another thing that I kind of noted was that they're kind of hoping that the same thing happens when we played Lamar. They had just come out of their COVID protocol stuff. So they really hadn't had a lot of time to practice up yeah. until that game. And so 
they're hoping that on Wednesday it's kind of almost the same scenario because obviously Corpus, hopefully, again, most likely, will be coming out of their COVID stuff. And so they really won't have a lot of time to prepare either. Because again, Corpus, just like Lamar, they always play us hard. I don't care how shitty Corpus is. Yeah, they're coming for us. They always play as hard and having coach Cox be the have that be his scout that game and the next game at uh, NOLA thank God because again Cox is so smart I mean he literally he knows exactly what kind of offense both these teams are running he's like it's not a big preparation because they play the same stuff every time and I'm just like holy God like (laughs) the amount of stuff that they have to think about is just off the wall bonkers um Another thing I noted was they talked about wanting to play faster in transition, which totally understand. I mean, there are moments when they play really fast in transition, but then there are other moments when it's just super sluggish. So I get that. Yeah. I get that too. Was there anything you noted? Yeah. Um, there was one thing that, that Rob noted that I, I thought was just an interesting noteworthy stat because we've talked about how, you know, on the last episode we talked about how we found out that we're ranked number or Ranked number two in NCAA right now for um, field goal percentage. And that we just take – but we don't take that many shots. We just take a lot of really high-quality good shots. Um, And so, anyway, the two top scorers this season for Sam have been Nuttall and Lampley. And they combine for, like, twice as many three-point attempts as we do for a whole team. So, like – Wow. Their two top scorers attempt more three-pointers than our whole entire team does. So, um, I'll cover that more in my notes later. But, you know, it, it makes more of an Achilles heel for a team like that if they have two people putting up that many shots. Because if you shut down those two guys, then yikes. Yeah. Um, no, I got that. That's wild. Yeah. So, wow, wow, wow. so a little background on um, us and Sam. And I don't know, there's a little discrepancy because on the ESPN feed, they were saying that that's our 210th meeting. Um, but the wins and losses that we had online, I don't think added, yeah, didn't add up to that. So I'm confused. Anyway, mm-hmm. it shows. Uh, yeah, I would just, I would go by what's on our website. Yeah. So shows we have in our matchups with Sam, we have, before that game, 52 wins and 46 losses. Uh, the largest margin of victory was 85 to 53 in 2004. And the smallest margin of victory was just by one point in 2012. Our last matchup against them was our very, I think, very last game, maybe of. Last season, uh, March seventh, yeah, mm-hmm. um, we won sixty-eight to fifty-seven. So currently, um, or going into that game, Sam was thirteen and five overall and seven and zero in conference. So we handed them their first uh, conference loss. Yay! Uh-huh. I think they had said they had won like eleven games in a row. I believe. I think that's right. Something like that. Something like that. Which. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. A something lot. like that, and we and we snapped that streak. Um, and then I think the stat was in twenty, and we've won nineteen out of the last twenty-two meetings between. I believe that's what it was. Yeah. Which that sounds right. Yeah. So their um, their L's, their five L's that they took before they played us was they lost to SMU by thirty, lost to Tech by thirty-two to Boise State by 31, and they lost to LSU into Texas 
Um, their wins, they beat Dallas Christian. I don't know what's the deal with all these people in our conference playing Dallas Christian this year in non-conference, but... Maybe that's just their only seems, option. Who knows? Seems to be a popular opponent. Um, so they won against Dallas yeah. Christian, Howard Payne, Letourneau, Rice, UTRGV, Mary Harden, Baylor, Nichols, Sela, Central Arkansas, Lamar, HBU, ACU, and Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. Um, so, for the game Sunday, yesterday, we did win by 10 points, 78 to 68. Uh, the attendance was 1,989, which I think is like very, very close to the most we could have had. I don't know what the, I don't know what the number is. I think, basically, I think for some reason, I feel like 2,000 was like the number a lot of people threw around. Um, so I feel like, yeah, I mean, ironically, that's the year I was born. So I thought that was funny. Um, (laughs) yeah, I know that's funny. I think that is just about as many people as we could probably fit in there. I mean, again, probably 10 off from being completely at max capacity type thing. Um, I mean, one note, I, I loved, I mean, we had a, a lot of fans there that obviously the most we had this season, uh, you know, and I want to give a quick shout out to the P Hayes, Purple Hayes. Um, they were doing well all game. They were loud. They were standing, they were cheering. And then towards the end of the game, this is where I really want to give them some props. They all, I don't know if they're obviously planned. They all spread out around the Coliseum towards like the bottom bowl and all were like trying to pump up each section they were in and telling them all to stand up and cheer. And I was like, I love that. So now like, that's more stuff they got to do. I don't care if we're playing Sam Houston or playing Letourneau. I, you know what I mean? Like you got to do that every game if that's something you want to do is like for the last you know, minute of the game or two minutes of the game, get everybody on their feet. You know, not just the students, get everybody on their yeah. feet. So I liked that a lot. A um, few other notes about on-court <laughs> fashion. Oh, God. So, I don't know what, who, who was in charge of picking the, the logo for the Bearcat jersey, but I'm just not quite sure <laughs> that the old school walking bear cat should belong <laughs> on a basketball jersey. Aren't those the new ones that they like voted on at the beginning of the season or something? Did they do like a new batch? Well, remember whenever, you know, so obviously we, we updated our logos, yeah. right? They did their logo update, like maybe what a season or two ago. Okay. Or something. I- and that the walking old school bear cat was like part of like their tertiary or so okay. It's it's like it's their mascot logo. It's one of their logos. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Like we have an old school lumberjack. They have like an old school bear cat. Like I'm all about the old school look. But on, but on a jersey, I, I that would be like them putting the fucking lumberjack on the jersey. No. That is not no. That is not where that goes. Well, and the fact that it's a walking lumber I mean walking uh bear cat it just looks weird. Um but they're, they're- it was also really small too so like yeah you can see it unless you were right up in their grill you wouldn't know that that's yeah. what it was agreed you know and why would you do that when again nobody knows what the i mean thank god it said cats on it somewhere <laughs> otherwise who the, you wouldn't know what the hell what team this was because again everybody recognizes the sh paw thing why would you put yeah it was it was weird and i just i didn't like the jerseys at all like i i get the Black is like the new color for away jerseys, and that's fine. But their colors are orange and blue, so then you're on, you're going to do a black jersey and only put orange on there. Like, 
does, and no blue accents. Like, does yeah. like Halloween Town have a basketball club now? Like, I'm very confused. <laughs> I was just I mean, like, this. Yeah. Those things were garish. Like, it was the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Like, they were well, Halloween you know, jerseys. And we have black jerseys, but at least on our black jerseys, it has purple and and white. Like, it right. has our two main colors. Yeah. Yeah. The black should Wild. just be the background, and then the two main colors should still be on there. They were so ugly. They were yeah. awful. Yeah, so maybe maybe who's ever in charge of the Sam Houston jerseys, <laughs> maybe maybe take that jersey, take off the freaking Bearcat on it, slap on there the paw or something that's more and blue or something. And then add some blue, like just even if it's like an outline, even if it's just like a stripe down the side of the shorts, something. I mean... <laughs> At the end of the day, I could give a shit because it's Sam Houston, <laughs> but I mean, just maybe do a little bit more, you know, market research before you slap a logo on there that nobody freaking knows. Honestly, the logo looks like one of the old school logos. I don't know if it's NC State or somebody has an old school logo, and it looks very, very similar to the Bearcat, but it's not, it's obviously not the Bearcat, but it, they have like similar, like the little hat and... I'll have to figure it out. I know what you're is. talking about, but I yes. I can't think of who it is off the top of my head either. But I mean, I, I, yeah, but that's we'll fact check it. But yeah. the fact is that they've been using that logo for a long time, so it's like everybody knows that logo. Although I can't think of who the hell it is. I know. Anyway, well, I'll get it in a second. Um, we're, I'm gonna look at the standings real quick though. So obviously, because of the win and Sam Houston's loss, not a lot has changed in the standings. The only thing that's changed is the fact that now all top four teams all have a loss. So, which is, which is good yeah. in, in, you know, even though it's like, okay, crap, SFA still technically tied for uh, second um, because you got Sam Houston Nichols tied for first, but the only reason Sam Houston's ahead is because they have more overall wins. Uh, and then Abilene, Christian, and us are tied for second at six and one. But again, the only reason why Abilene Christian's ahead of us is because they have more overall wins so it's just it's again one of those things where i'm just going to be very interested to see at towards the end of the season here no matter what happens how they're going to figure out who actually has the southland conference title unless it's like obvious you know yeah um and then the standings or the um the what's it what's it called the uh for the conference the uh See, thing. Fuck. Jesus oh, Christ. yeah. Obviously, yeah. Depending on whether or not we're there, most likely not going to be there on our end. That's why we're really shooting to win the regular season title. Um, I would love to see how they're going to do the seating or like how they're going to decide how they're going to decide a lot of stuff. Anyway, yeah. it's just all, yeah. Don't know. No idea. Um, so, like I said, we're tied technically for second um, technicalities. Then you have Southeastern Louisiana, Northwestern, Northwestern State actually has been doing better. They're four and four. Good for them. Um, so the team we're playing on Wednesday is AM Corpus Christi, and they are at 0 and 4, last in the league, 3 Ooh. and 10. But don't let that fool you. Yeah. Because again, they always play us hard every time. And they they're, do. They're playing, we're playing them in their home territory. I'm not sure if they have fans there or not. Probably not um, many. Yeah, so, whew. Um, and then on Sunday, we're playing NOLA, and they are three and five total. Um, not total, I'm sorry, three and five conference, four and 12 overall. And uh, 
again, another team that always plays us hard, either if it's at home or away, it doesn't matter. Uh, but actually, that's actually a doubleheader in NOLA. Girls and guys are both playing New Orleans on Saturday. Wish we could go, but... I know, I was like, would love to go to that, but I don't even know if they're having fans in the stands. Yeah, I know, I don't either. Um, One other random note I forgot to mention about the games on Saturday and Sunday was the... um, the, I can't even remember what they what they call them, but the little flying dogs halftime show. Oh yeah! Um, oh my god! The cutest if, things. Yeah, if if any of you remember from last season, because we did it last season, but it's the um, I'll I'll have to look it up because they post it, but it's it's just the coolest thing. It's like a group where they they take um, rescue dogs or shelter dogs and you know train them to do little tricks with the frisbees and stuff, and and they have a little guy out there who does it and. The first one's like a Australian Shepherd mix, and the second one's like a Australian Shepherd and Corgi mix or something. And they're just yes, they're so cute and they're so fun to watch. And it's just, I mean, those dogs are like just so excited to to do all this frisbee chasing and jumping. They're just and excited to be included. It's so cute. It's the it's the best halftime show we ever do. And like my dad gets so tickled with it and. I could see him over there trying to record it on his phone, and he has my old iPhone that's like six versions ago or something, and I'm like, that video, <laughs> you probably can't even see what's happening, but, you know, he's so thrilled with it, he's got to, like, feel, anyway, um, but it was great, it's a great little halftime show, um, and we love when they schedule fun stuff like that, and we haven't really been able to do many fun little halftime bits, I feel like, during COVID, I feel like that's really the first, like, cool halftime thing they've been able to do i agree um, i don't know if it's you know it's just hard to schedule it because of yeah. covid or you know that's just a personal like athletics department decision but i'm glad we did have something uh for the sandy Houston games it was really fun yeah that one was cute okay so sean kennedy's stats section and it is looking much better than last wednesday so we had our field goal percentage overall was 44.3 um, it's almost almost back up to where where we like to be sitting. Um, three point percentage was twenty nine point four, not bad. And our free throw percentage was back up to eighty six point four. Um, points in the paint, we're at forty, and we say we like to be forty or up. Um, so we were happy with that. Uh, seventeen points off of turnovers, sixteen second chance points, sixteen fast break points, um, fourteen bench points, which. You know, isn't the most, but we didn't have a whole lot of bench play, really. Um, True. Then total rebounds, we had 40. We had 15 offensive rebounds and 25 defensive rebounds. Uh, We had 15 fouls, much, much better than Wednesday night. Uh, We had 10 turnovers. Um, We had 12 forced turnovers. So, you know, I do like to see a considerable amount more of forced turnovers than turnovers, but... Um, Sam, Sam Houston's really good handling the ball. So, um, we had seven steals, we had five blocks and our top two game leaders, uh, our player of the game was David. Um, he had, I mean, if, unless you're like Stevie Wonder, you probably know that that was the, he was playing the game. Um, 22 points, five assists, three rebounds, three steals. Uh, Rotti had 19 points, five rebounds, two assists, two blocks, and two steals. So, Rotti something in every, every single category. Um, 
So just just to launch into my feats of strength, my starting five right off of that, uh, the the first one obviously that I have to note is David, um, and, and I totally called yeah, it. David. I totally called it in the second half. I was like, this is gonna be his career high game. Like, I can just feel it. And then sure this enough, is true. you did. It was his high point. He was the high point. It was his career high, 22 points. Um, he made four threes. He was 57% from the field, 100% on free throws, five assists, just amazing, amazing game. And, like, at the very end of the game, one of the, one of his – I mean, all of his moves were the best, but it's, like, one of the very last possessions, he did this great, like, no-look pass to Rotti to score under oh, the bucket. that was so pretty. I was just like, oh, it was beautiful. Um so then, okay, well, I only had, hmm. Um, I have a, but I only have four. I know I divided my list up weird. I only have four, but one of them's offense, and it's several offensive um, notes. So whatever, you just get extra. So um, for offense, I have a lot of notes on things we did well in offense. Um, Rotti played some really great offense. He made lots of good drives and good moves. Um, Nigel, I feel like, had a great game, even though he maybe didn't score a lot. Um, he... Played great. He had a three off of an assist from David. He made some really great passes into Gavin. Um, he played I, – I, I commented on this during the game. Like, he played some really great defense, like moving around screens and sticking with his man. Um, he made some great assists and putbacks. So, he got seven points, two rebounds, and three assists. Um, we just played great in transition. And I, I know you said that Cox was saying he wanted them to play faster in transition, but I feel like this is the first game where we really, like, started to move up on on the little scale of playing great transition. And we just had great ball movement. Um, we cut in half, more than in half, our turnovers from the previous game. Um, right? I think we did. Yeah, because we had, like, 20-something, yeah. and this game we only had 11. 10. I think we had 22 last game. We had 10 this game. Um, and our free throw percentage, way, way up, 86.4%. Um, for the, my defensive note, our def, well, just about the 7 to 2. Our defensive pressure was great overall. Um, we, like I said earlier, we kept their main two scores contained. Um, and then my third point on the opposite end of that, we, while Gavin and Cam both like really didn't score their usual, they both only had nine. Um, David and Rati stepped up offensively and that, you know, that's what makes us great is that we don't just have two guys where it's like, oh, if you shut down those two guys, they're just dead in the water. Like we have, we really have four people who can score. Well, really all five of our, all five of our starters can score in double digits, any game, any given game. Um, so there's that. And, uh, my last point in all caps, we came correct. I was so happy. Everyone came correct. Like, the guys came. They were ready. Like, you could tell they took their ass whooping, and they were ready to, like, get up and do better. They had their shit together. Everybody, I felt like, put forth A-plus effort. Um, Fan turnout, we had a lot of people. We had most people wearing purple. Um, I feel like the crowd really got into it as much as we can with that you know, low of amount of people. Cause it is really sad. Like we're used to having Sam Houston, like, I mean, just within the last, you know, six years or so we've had Sam games where it's like people are standing behind the, the concourse. Um, so anyway, we came correct. We came correct and it paid off. Yeah. That no, I, 
Totally. And I 100% agree. I'm so glad you said that we did come correct 100%. Like, fans, team, we challenged them to come correct, and they delivered 100%. Uh, I will move into mine. So, I 1,000 – I mean, my first one is, oh, my God, David. I mean, David, David, David. You – killed it like that was your best game I've honestly seen you play I don't know if even even last year I mean you had some good games last year but that was a amazing game from you and we needed that because you know they shut down not as much as they probably wanted to but they did shut down Cam a lot um and of course gave in a little bit as well so we needed someone to step up you stepped up in a big big way um I will say I made some notes that uh, that King McClure said during the uh, during the game cast that he is a big fan of you, David. Big, big <laughs> fan of you. He loves uh, if you're listening, David. Which who knows? Whatever, uh, Mr. Cacoris, if you're listening, you can tell David I said <laughs> pass this. on the word. <laughs> oh, pass on the word. So King McClure is a huge, huge fan of David. He loves his swagger. He loves how he stares people down after a big three or a big layup. Um, he equated him to Gillespie at Villanova, um, which I wish I knew about Gillespie at Villanova, but I'm assuming that's a that's a pretty big compliment. So, <laughs> so tell David that King McClure is a huge, huge fan of David, FYI. And he um, said his name correctly. And he did say his name correctly. Yeah, they both did, which is, again, a big plus. Uh I think that was again one of your best games, point guard wise. Like point guard wise, like moving the ball around. Like I think honestly, that was probably one of the best games you had moving the ball around. Like to be fair with you, to be honest with you, um, not saying you didn't have other games that were good, but like you were just you were spreading the ball around very well, running the plays well, and of course you were taking the ball in a lot your own self. Um, and your field goals. I mean, come on, fifty and field goals, field goals, field goals, and fifty percent from the three point line. Oh, David, mwah, chef's kiss. If you could see me, I'm doing the chef's kiss. Mwah, mwah. It's a, it's a it's a more it's a more as we say in Italy. Um, man, number two, we beat our effing rivals. Eat it, Sam Houston. I have always been a huge like proponent of this rivalry, whether if it's on the field or on the court. I love this rivalry so much. I'm so glad that it's going to continue into the whack. And this was huge. We needed to win this game to can, to stay up there in the standings. We also needed this win for morale and to boost our confidence 100%. And I think that this was one of the first games that you saw us again, um, other than the Lamar game, really like kind of cranking on all cylinders. And we had the juice is what we like to say in the rants house. Old. we have the juice we had it it was it was shared along the bench the bench was lit capital l-i-t lit tit 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 multiple t's <laughs> they were on fire i mean hell i'll get to it in a second what well, i mean <laughs> and uh, gavin's dunk at the end was absolute banana hammock like it was it sealed the deal obviously but it it literally lifted everyone in the in the sawmill off their seats like People were going bonkers. And so was he. Like, again, it's just stuff like that that gets everybody juiced up. And I love it, love it, love it. Uh, Press U is back in business again. Um, 
one thing I wanted to say was that also King, I liked, I mean, I love King. All, all, every As much as he was first in Houston, I feel like he still said a lot of good stuff about SFA. Um, he did say at one point that he loves SFA's press you. He loves their defense. You know, he says that they make you feel uncomfortable. And I'm like, yeah, we do make you feel uncomfortable. And when we're yeah. playing press you the way that we should and that, you know, we're actually going by the game plan and doing what we need to do defense-wise, that's why – that's one of the main factors why we won that game last night was – or yesterday was because of our defense. Like, we held them – to way below their average, I feel like we held uh, Nuttall to 14 points. Usually, he averages about 18, so we held him to a little bit less than what he normally scores, which is great. Um, they had 12 turnovers. We had 10 turnovers. We had 10 turnovers. 10, 10 turnovers. Very I mean, happy. Again, Chef's against kiss Sam. Against Sam. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. And yeah, we only had, they only had 12 turnovers, but those 12 turnovers that we created and we, we, we capitalized on, you know, whereas our 10 turnovers, they necessarily didn't capitalize on those. Yeah. You know, uh, free throw percentage was back up where it needed to be freaking 86%. My love it so much. 40 points in the paint again, back up where it needs to be. Again, you see, you see a pattern here when, when the pips, are 40 and up, we're doing good. I'm telling you. Yeah. When, when the picks are 40 and up, we're doing good. We're having a good game. When when they're not, it's not good. It's We're having a bad game. Our big men are getting blocked out. Can't do nothing. Okay? And 40 rebounds. Oh, mama me. 40 rebounds. It's I. Me lovey, lovey, lovey. And Calvin had seven. What a good Calvin. It is, a, it is up higher than it has been the last few games. I'm happy with that. And and Calvin only had three fouls. That <laughs> sounds bad, but for Calvin... <coughs> we'll take it. Oh, we'll take it, baby. Calvin normally has way more fouls than that, but he... It's uh, time, so I will take it. I will take it, take it, take it. All right, so moving on to... The next segment, again, your favorite segment, our favorite segment, the one you love to hate and hate to love. With the airing of grievances, I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about them. All right. So, let's, let's, let's talk about this. Because, yes, even though we won the game, even though we had a decent game, everything went pretty much a well according to plan that doesn't mean that there weren't a few flubs okay <laughs> let's just let's be honest with ourselves here so to start off with first of all i don't I, this came towards the end of the game there was a bench warning on sfa with no real explanation i'm assuming it's because see there's something keller did or because the team was like going onto the court after, but they didn't really like tell us what the well, bench warning were. So I'm confused about that because when when we were at the game, I know for a fact at one point they audibly said flop warning on David Cackleries. Then whenever yes. I was watching it back on ESPNU, the announcers said they gave a bench warning, and I'm 99% positive it was the moment that they told. David 
the flop warning, and I think the announcers said it wrong. I think they got confused. Well, because the because the ESPN announcers said bench warning, and I was like, I didn't I didn't even know he had a bench warning. Because I listened, and they never they never mentioned the flop warning, and I'm almost positive it was the time that they said the flop, which I still didn't agree with the flop warning on David. But well, neither did I. But I think that's, that's, that's why. I that's think why they I have got it on that the grievance. That's why yeah. I had it on the grievance list. Yeah. Because I was like, on us, like I don't remember at any point us getting a bench warning. Why is this being talked about a bench warning? Yeah. And then why the hell is David getting a flop warning when there were guys on the friggin' Sam Houston side getting flop warnings or not getting flop warnings? Right. And they had a couple flops on their end. Like, yeah. My again, my problem with that moment is just like the consistency. Like if you're gonna call a flop warning on us, that's fine. Do it on the other side as well. Yeah. Like, both sides flop warning. Like, yeah. we've seen both of you do it, knocking <clears> the <throat> shit off. You know what I mean? And then my issue is, is that, and I know after we watched back the, the game, we weren't they, we weren't paying as much attention in person because there was a lot of stuff going on. But as we watched back the game, we realized that, yes, the call that Putin went on a freaking tirade about was a shitty call. I get it. I agree. It was a shit call. It was a bad call. But you still. But he was still going nuts. He did go on a tirade. But yeah, I'll I'll expand more on that. But I think that's why he got no, away. And that's why I think that's why he got away out. with it. That is probably why he got away with yeah. it. But like in real time, I was like, but still though, he got up into the ref's faces. He was flailing his arms around. <laughs> he is such a wild man, and he's so animated. He really is. He really is. <laughs> and so I was just like, if, if, but my, I guess my thing is the fact if, if that was Keller being upset about a wrong call and he was doing that, yeah, I don't think they wouldn't matter. They would have teed him up regardless. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I just, I, I even if the refs were like, yeah, you're right. Like we called it wrong. Like I'm going to let you go off in my face. But it, I mean, should you? <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's, he, I mean, he was bug-eyed insane and i understand his upset and his 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 grievance there and yeah and and here's the thing i think it depends on the referee again because like yeah when i like you know we'll hear stories from my dad my uncle when they used to ref like sometimes they're gonna miss a call and then they might realize that they missed it but it's too late and so you know but i feel like the way they handled it was they would they would be like look coach like i know i'm sorry i missed that one like that was my bad i missed it but, like, that dude, he wasn't going to admit that he missed it, so he was just going to ignore him and let him yell. But, you know what I mean? Like, and coaches will respect, I think, more a referee who will say, look, that was my bad. I'm sorry. I messed up. But, like, don't get in my face. Uh, you know, I'm going to do better next time. Like, Right. But, I, obviously, that guy didn't say any of that. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't going to say anything. Was he wasn't even going to acknowledge it. His face. Yeah, uh, I mean, bug-eyed, crazy in his <laughs> face, yelling, screaming, throwing his hands in the air. And again, at real time, when we're there, we're all just like, tee him up. Like, why is he... <laughs> like, it's yeah. one thing to disagree with the call. <clears throat> Been there, done that, have a t-shirt. But to get in... I mean, shit, if a freaking player did that, could you imagine? It was it was so over the top that it literally... It was just over the top. Distracted, the distracted from what actually happened. <laughs> Yeah, over the top, and that was the grievance. The fact that he went on a freaking freak out. Yeah. And 
nothing honestly came out of it because you literally freaked like the yeah. refs aren't gonna turn over their call yeah he wasn't he wasn't backing they, down why would they admit that they were wrong <laughs> he wasn't backing down then no no so anyway that's but that's the grievance i was just like you're gonna give us warnings and shit and then not give hooten over here a warning for going absolute berserk on you all right whatever uh yet again <laughs> on espn I, who the hell knows it, I don't know. I, I, hopefully in the whack it may be different. Who knows it may be the same. I, I don't know. I don't know who's... Okay, I'm not going to say that, but that, you know what I meant. Who's ween we have to suck to get this change? Because, yet again, it said, Steve, it said SF Austin on the damn ESPN. But yet, on every single package they had, you have SFA or Stephen F. Austin Lumberjacks. I would just so much rather than... Put, there's... There is room for Stephen F. Austin, but if anything, put SFASU. Like, yes. I just don't. I'll I know, never I just understand. don't get it because again, like on every package and like every little like every uh, graphic and things that they had flying around everywhere, like when they were putting up putting up stats and stuff, it'd say like SFASU or, or Stephen F. Austin Lumberjacks. Like, why can't I just? I'm begging and pleading you. Why can't you just put SFASU or how even just SFA at this point? I know. Like, it's not hard. People know us by SFA or SFASU, <coughs> but not SF Austin. No. I'm tired of people getting our name wrong. Me oh, too. It'll never. It'll never end. Anyway, and then I also with the wrong names. You know the whole Nana thing again. Like you mentioned, we mentioned in the beginning. Ir- irritating. Um. There was a moment, Gavin, like, I love him. I, 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 lo- I love his effort sometimes, but there's just some moments when I'm just like, you know better, you know your role. Like, why are you dribbling the ball and trying to go for a freaking layup when you're, like, basically at almost at the top of the key or over here? Or I don't even know where the hell he was, but he's over here dribbling, dribbling the ball into the layup, and then that caused, obviously, a turnover because it was a freaking foul. Like, he literally ran right into the charge. Yeah, and one thing that the um, the announcers did talk about, and again, I, I mean, like we said, I, I think they were very educated and knowledgeable and they, talked they were, about good they stuff, were, they, but, they had, they were kind of down. you know, one thing they were saying, and it's a good point, is that, so Gavin runs the four, um, and a lot of teams now are trying to go to more of a, like, guard-based offense, which is what Sam was running, and so the four, you'll see it a lot in the NBA too, you know, like they'll have a big man who also comes out and shoots the three, um, right. which we've had a few try to do that. And so, I mean, it's like every once in a while, Gavin wants to try to do that. And like, he doesn't take outside shots. He doesn't take outside shots. I'll say that for him, but he no. will try to dribble. And like, you're just, you're the size of like, he's got like a linebacker build. Like he's just not made to, to get out there and make a move towards a hoop like it just doesn't work for him practice that like if he was actually good at that being that big do it but he doesn't probably practice that and or i just don't know why he i don't i I mean i've only i've only seen one big dude who can put it on the floor and move like that and that's zion i've never seen anybody else be able to do it like you got that build you're just not made for it no you're not and I totally agree. And then, th- but that's the thing. Like, literally, he tried to do it. He went into the charge. The guy took the charge, and it was a turnover. And I'm just like, it's just one of those moments that it didn't need to happen. Like, it was not necessary in that play. You could have kicked it back out. Like, what? 
it's not like we were running down on time and it was like yeah. a last minute last second ditch effort if it was that situation okay maybe like you but he could have kicked it out all right um and then I mentioned this earlier, but I had it as a grievance. I was like, I hate that Cam was shut down so much. Like, obviously, they were keying in on him, keying in on Gavin. Um, but I hate that he was shut down at nine point. I haven't, we haven't seen it. I don't know when was the last time we saw Cam with a single-digit game, a uh, single-point game, nine points. I don't know. It's been a while. It was just, a, it yeah. was just sad for me. It's just sad for me because, I mean, obviously, we know what's in the tank for Cameron Johnson. The fact that he only had nine points was not necessarily an attribute to him personally, just the fact that he was getting like guarded extremely heavily and, you know, just couldn't get any shots. You know, he, he made some good assists and he made some good, you know, layups, but you know, nothing crazy, unfortunately, not like he has been. And then my last, gre- my last grievance, and this is a big one, who the actual hell, who, who the actual hell set up the ESPN crowd mic Next to the Sam bench area, <laughs> whoever did that could honestly tuck a long walk off a short pier because <laughs> every five, six sec, I it was like clockwork. You could hear a small, sounded like a small six-year-old baby girl, Karen boy girl child yelling, travel, travel, every time we had the ball, every time. I... I Never in my life, never, never, never in my life did I hear the squeakiest, I mean, it had to be a small kid. If it was an adult, obviously their balls haven't dropped or they have just a very high-pitched voice. I Could be a high talker. God bless. I don't know. It could have been, but I really feel like it was a kid. And at that point, I feel bad for bitching, but at the same time, I don't because not every play is a travel kid. Like, yeah. literally yelling travel every time David or Rati or somebody had the ball. And I'm like, move the mic. Who put the mic there, first of all? Like, wh- what? Why would, why? Why would you do? I'm sure no one on ESPNU listening wanted to hear this. I sure didn't. No. It was, it was so annoying. It was so annoying. So, I mean, every time, every time we had the ball, travel, that's a foul, travel, that's a foul. Kill like literally gun to head kill me. That's my grievance. So my first one, I'll, I'll go off that because I didn't even see that you'd put that on your list, but I put that very facetiously. Love that we could hear the Sam fan yelling against every call, but they literally were yelling against every single call and it was just annoying to hear. Um, and then my, my second one, I'll, I'll, I'll give the other side of uh, our convo talking about <laughs> who not getting the tag. But yes, so un, very unpopular opinion coming. Um, the refs actually did super blow that call. And so I very much actually understand and almost kind of feel bad for Hooten because it was very egregious. But um, that, that one ref, was he was actually just terrible. We complained about him multiple times during the game. Um, and my dad and I even text back and, you know, as I've said a million times, he normally won't comment on the refs unless they're just too bad. And he was like, he's just not good. Um, but, and like Alex said, and I, I didn't even realize how bad it was until I went back and watched the feed because when you're, when you're there in the game, you can miss, you can, you know, miss a few seconds of a play and 
not really realize exactly what happened. And then he's over there just going so nuts that, like, he took center stage. So we weren't even concerned about what we might have missed. We're just like, what is he actually doing? Um, But, you know, so the thing was, we had the clock running down. We passed the ball down low uh, on the block. Gavin gets stuffed kind of I think and then it goes out of bounds and the sand player jumps out of bounds to try to save it tips it back in um it goes back up to the top of the key and Nana grabs it and hands it off to David well the shot clock expires and they don't call a shot clock violation I don't even know why they called why they like blew the whistle to stop play I guess they blew the whistle to stop play to tell them to reset the shot clock um but the thing was like there's only there's only two reasons that the clock the shot clock would be reset. Number 1 would be if you hit the rim, it would reset or if the ball changed possession and they never had possession. Like it just was swatted out mm-hmm. of bounds and swatted back in bounds. That doesn't count as right. a change of possession. Um so it was like absolutely egregious and he had every right to be just nuts, but he's just so animated and over the top and I was like this ref is letting him talk to him like he's a dog like what he might as well just go chase a frisbee at halftime like what are you even out here doing yeah Um, and I think that's the main reason why I was just like after I rewatched it it, obviously real time like I said I was like tee that guy up (laughs) but after watching it back and watching it on and like seeing that it was obviously a bad bad call I was like yeah he has every right to be upset and be mad but wow over the top like emotional flamboyant response yeah and it it didn't change because at that point yeah yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna crawfish on it and go back he's not gonna backpedal and change it um however i will say on the other part of that i'm gonna disagree so hard with mcclure on his comments about it because i agree he he flubbed that call totally missed that call was a terrible call um but then you know mcclure's gonna be like well just, like, talking about how much it impacts the game. And he's like, you know, that was just a turning point, And it was such a bad call. And then, um, you know, they were already getting close. And then the next – but he literally says, he's like, then the next possession, you know, they don't score. And then they come down and they don't get a stop. And then the next possession, they don't score. And so that just t- totally turns the game. And I'm like, you've sat there and said three things. They went down and didn't score. They didn't get a stop. They went down and didn't score. So, again, this goes back to my point that I've harped on a million times. That was a terrible call. So, I, I will give them, like, one free turnover that mm-hmm. they shouldn't have gotten. But then the next three possessions, like, that's on you if you're going to step up and make a play. And that's on you if you're going to step up and stop us on offense. And if you don't, then that's that's on your team. So, like, one bad call cannot, one bad call cannot equal four bad possessions. It can equal one. That's it. I'm, I'm going to give you one freebie. So they got a freebie on that one. But then, you know, they, yeah. they were weak, and they didn't step up and make the plays they needed to play. And totally. I mean, you cannot blame that call. <clears throat> you can't blame the game on that call. No. Not at all. No. It'd so. be different if, like, if Hooten had got a tech and we hit extra baskets and made us go further into the lead, you know, then you could be like, well, you know, that kind of changed the tie. Just like with us on Wednesday, you know, we got the tech and that kind of changed the whole dynamic of the game. 
But it was kind of already going in that direction. Yeah, if, if you're strong enough, that's one one possession's not going to stop you. So, no, yeah, I exactly. disagree yeah. with you, King. It was a terrible call, but it they get one freebie. They get one free turnover, and that's it. Um, on offense, I kind of have two, two small compliance. Again, you know, we're nitpicking here. Um, right. so it was a good game. But Calvin had a few sloppy passes that I wasn't pleased with. Um, and Gavin was just kind of having some butterfinger issues. I don't know. I, th- I think that's the I think that's the toughest that he's been guarded thus far this season. Um, and so there there were just a, you know a few possessions where he he wasn't grabbing the ball or holding onto the ball well or he was getting stuffed. And I was just like, come on, you're stronger than that. Um, so hopefully that that will improve him. Um, and on defense, Calvin still had some shitty defense. I'm sorry, Calvin. Um, there's just lots of times where he's like not even squared up and he, he just does the Olay defense and like steps aside and lets them yep. go right past. Um, yep. and then my last one, I talked about this last game and I, I still, we did again, we got a lot of rebounds. Um, but we, we still didn't block out well. There were like a few times where literally we had four people to their one under the bucket and they come up with the rebound and I'm like, what are we doing? Like. <laughs> one of y'all can block this one person out and then the other three can scrap for the rebound. Like it's just yeah. unforgivable yeah. for us to have four people under the bucket and them to have one and them get the rebound. Like uh, no, you're playing D one men's basketball, figure it out. <laughs> and that's, that's the end of my grievances. Is that the end of your, of your tirade? Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so our one word to describe the entire game analysis. Uh, my word is glorious. I, I, just glorious. I love when Sam Houston comes into our house, talks a lot about it, uh, especially when the basketball Twitter tweets out prior to the game, head down to, head up to Nacogdoches today and let's orange out William R. Johnson. Ha! You tried and you failed. Good, good, good. I love when they talk a big talk and then get their butt beat in our house. I just love it. Makes me so happy. And I hope that we can also serve them up another cannibal bass when we go down to William R. Johnson South, as Peyton lovingly calls it, <laughs> in Huntsville in March and serve up another can of big old L's in their direction. Um, so, yeah, it was, just a, it was a glorious game. I loved it. We... You know, to be honest with you, as soon as we started pulling ahead at the end of the uh, first and then, you know, they came up and tied it a little bit. I was like, oh, man, here we go. But then they came out in the second and really kind of, again, kept putting the foot on the gas. They never let up with the juice, the energy. And I was like, you know what? Like, we got this game. We got this game. I don't see us fucking up at this point. Like, (laughs) I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's different if they came out of the half. Because, you know, Sam Houston had got it a little bit closer. I think it was in, like, what, like, three points at the half or something like that. Um, And so I was just like, man, this could be bad. But then they came out, still had a third foot on the gas, and just kept on rolling. So it was just a glorious game to watch. It was a great game to watch. I mean, if you watched it in person or watched it on ESPNU, it was just a great game all around. Like, it wasn't a blowout. You Mm -hmm. know, they kept it close. You know, sometimes we prefer blowouts. But sometimes we prefer close games because if it was a blowout, it'd be freaking boring. Yeah. So, and Battle of Pony Woods games are anything but boring. So, glorious game. Loved it. I love uh, that you use the word glorious. That's a really good word. Um, 
I put electrifying just because I felt like that's that's the first time this season that it's almost felt back to the normal like energy level and mm. within the team playing and like having people in the stands. So I was I was really happy. I was really feeling it. It was a great it was just a great experience. I'm ready for it to be back to normal. So I agree. Electrifying for me. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm ready for it. Uh, so, again, never never forget that there are many ways that you can support the Lumberjacks, not just by attending games, but you can also support by buying a MyPlate. What's a MyPlate, you ask? It is a one-year, three-year, or five-year term, and you, get, you can either get a personalized plate, a background-only plate, and you can support your SFA Lumberjacks by purchasing these license plates from myplates.com. So I don't know if you knew this, but when you buy a five-year personalized purple SFA plate from myplates.com, SFA Athletics takes in almost $250 from that purchase. It's an easy and fun way to support your team. Uh, Once you own an SFA plate and keep it when you renew, SFA Athletics gets 95% of that fee. It is a Stephen F. awesome way to support your teams. See what I did there? (laughs) So, a few things to remember with this. You can go to www.myplates.com slash lumberjacks. You can get a $50 rebate. Takes a few minutes to do all of this. Really simple. Again, super easy process. Like I said before, you can get a personalized license plate or just a background only, depending on what you prefer and how much money you prefer to spend. Um, And if money is an issue, they do have a layaway uh, option as well. So, you can pay it over a five-month period, and then boom, you get your plates ordered, and then of course ship to your ship to your humble abode. It's a no-brainer. It really is. We love Jacqueline and I love our plates. We get compliments on it all the time. I mean, there's honestly no hiding now around Nacogdoches because yeah. anywhere we drive, people know who we are because they're like waving at us. <laughs> it happened multiple times on Sunday and on Saturday. Uh, so we, there's no hiding. There's none. If, you see us in our cars like you know exactly who's who it is so but we love our plates they're perfect they're great um really shows off our sfa spirit just a little bit more so than even just having a sticker on your car it shows that you actually are committed to you know giving back to sfa athletics as much as you possibly can so again go to www.myplates.com slash lumberjacks and get you some my plates (laughs) they are really cute we love them Okay, so we had technically one comment. I don't think anyone else has commented on Twitter, uh, to my knowledge. Let me check really fast, but I think the one comment we had was from uh, John Treadaway, and I, I love, I love his backtracking. I really. Do. <laughs> uh, so this is his comment. First, he said that ESPN and Wacky to make sure we aren't listed as SF Austin anymore, and I said agreed. Like. Double, double agree. We've talked about this many times. Um, and then, Jacqueline, you want to handle this part? Yeah. Uh, so he, he did backpedal very quickly and said, uh, <laughs> David is our best player. I am ashamed. Ashamed. <laughs> ashamed. I ever questioned him. Um, which, you know what, John Treadway, don't don't beat yourself up. Here's the thing. It's it's a hot take. It was a hot take, you know? It was a really hot he take. Had, he had a game. with it. He had a game that wasn't his best, and you posed a question, you know, are other players better? 
Uh, now you've seen him have a better game and you say no. So it was a hot take, you know? And like I said earlier, that's the beauty of our team this year is I feel like within the five starters, any of them could come up and score 22 points a game. Um, so it's just a really beautiful thing that we have that much flexibility. And yeah, David kicked ass on Saturday. Um, excellent game. So he took it, he took it back. Uh, he did take it back. (laughs) Um, it just cracks me up. You know, here, here's his other hot take. He says the ESPN remote announcers were trash. We thought they were good. That's a freezing cold take, man. I mean, come um, on. I, I thought they were good. Uh, you know, we had our we had our few complaints, our few grievances, but overall, I, I thought they were good. Um, but overall, yeah, they were, they were decent. Yeah. I don't. I mean, we've heard worse. We've had yeah. worse. I mean, yeah. I don't think I would equate, you know, uh, Saltzman and McClure to fucking Nick Springer. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> if you know, you know. Next break. Yeah. Uh, and then he, he posed a question, do we expect any seniors to return next season? Um, you know, so because of COVID and all that stuff, uh, they do have the option um, by NCAA regulations to return for another season if they so desire. Um, at this point, we really don't know. Um, we shall see. We have no idea. There's so – I feel like there's so many unknowns, especially with the, like, us – um, you know, uh, saying that we're, and dad was like, NCAA probably thinks that we're crazy now because of all yeah. our like back and forth. But so many things have changed because first we, you know, we were sentenced to have the postseason ban this season. Well, we asked, can we do it next season? And then we go back and ask, just kidding. Can we do it this season instead? Because right. COVID's like mess everything up and who would have known? Um, then we f- find out we're going to join the WAC and we're supposed to join and, 2022 in the fall and then we're like oh no surprise the Southland gave us the boot early so now we're joining in 2021 in the fall so you know um there's just so many unknowns who knows uh who knows we'll see yeah who who honestly knows at the finger fingers crossed that you know at least a few of them come yeah we would we would love to see any of them yeah would love it but again at the end of the day like they're seniors. They're getting an extra free year of basketball if they desire it. Some of them may want to say, you know what, I'm done and I want to try and get drafted or go play overseas. Some of them may be like, you know what, maybe I will do an extra year of basketball, but maybe at a different school just to like, you know, spread my wings more. Like, who knows at this point? Obviously, we want to have all of them back, but let's just honestly be real with ourselves and face the reality that that may not happen. We may get none of them back. So you just have to kind of be prepared for anything at this point because, honestly, there's about a million different scenarios out there of what could happen. So, you know, let's just kind of wait until it actually happens and then talk about it. And if you're pissed and want a bitch, we can do it then. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll we'll put a pin in that. We'll come back to it. Yeah. Exactly. so next game up. So uh, like they were saying on the radio show tonight, we are they're going to be on the road. They're leaving tomorrow. Um, so the guys are leaving tomorrow to go to Texas A&M Corpus Christi. They're going to play on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Um, and then I think they're going to stay there a day or two after and then go on to – or maybe the day after and then go on to NOLA. So they're not going to come back. I think that's what Rob said, that they were going to yeah. leave like – the day after or something and then head to NOLA early or something like yeah. that. Cause it is Super Bowl weekend. If you weren't aware of that, yeah. um, in NOLA. And so, 
Is that where it's being played? Pretty sure. Oh yeah, I don't know. No idea here. Let me let me fact. Yeah, fact check that. But anyway, so next two games up are road games, and they didn't know for sure actually. Um, if they were going to play on Wednesday, because I think Wednesday, or yeah, Rob said on the radio show, and I, I realized this only because I am such an OCD freak and I have my little like, uh, old school hardcover agenda book thingy that I use and I hadn't written in a game on today because we initially didn't have one. It was a, just a bye night. Um, and then I think it was left open for cancellations and, I guess we were yes. supposed. I guess we were supposed to play Texas A&M Corpus Christi earlier, and it got postponed or whatnot, and so it got rescheduled for Wednesday night. So anyway, we play Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Texas A&M Corpus Christi. I just made a whole new word and name out of all that. So um, at seven p.m. Check, yes, my fact check revealed that I was absolutely way the fuck off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, I thought it was in Nola. But it's not. It's in freaking Tampa. <laughs> okay. Which for now makes more sense because they said that the Buccaneers were playing at home for the Super Bowl. And oh. I was like, ah. Okay. Yeah, I thought so they, they had to do it at like a neutral site. So that's weird. Not necessarily. No. I mean, they just, they pick different stadiums each year. And it just, if the team oh. that actually, yeah. And, okay. and the team that, you know that gets to the Super Bowl, it, it just so happens to be the team, the home team. Yeah. They can, I mean, luck of the draw kind of thing. It's like, hey, it just happens. And fucking Tom Brady. Anyway. Um, Y'all, okay. Literally, <laughs> my sense of smell is coming back now because y'all can't see this, but Alex can. My beautifulest little boy, Kitty, came up and jumped in my lap and has farted like Oh, the most no. god awful, the most god awful smelling fart right as he came up here. Thanks, Scotty love you Pippen too. Gives zero fucks right now. I mean, about. he's like whatever. This okay, but yeah. So Wednesday night we play Texas A and M Corpus Christi on the road at seven, and then Saturday doubleheader on the road at Nola. Those are the upcoming games. Can't wait! Can't wait! Um, most likely, I don't know if we'll be able to what the watching situation is going to be like for Saturday. Uh, because again, it's a Louisiana team. So, um, <laughs> who knows at this point, you may have to pay seven bucks to watch them if you need to. Oh, I'm trying to God, look. I can't wait to get out of this fucking conference. Let me um, look really quick. Uh, it do, well, and it, same for Wednesday night because it, it already says watch. I think, I think for Texas A&M, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, you have to pay to watch through their website. And I think it might be the same through... UNO. I'm not positive. Okay. Yeah. Seems like I remember paying to watch an A&M Corpus Christi game, though, on their website. I think I think the same with UNO. I think that's right. God bless you. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, anyway, we'll have to just do it. <laughs> yeah. We have to bite the bullet, unfortunately, because we got it. We got it. We got to cover it. We're going to have to see it. We're going to have to talk about it. All right. So don't forget about the games this week. Let's cheer on the Jacks and the Lady Jacks as well because they've been kicking butt and taking names. So, hey, let's get it going, baby. Let's get it going. All right. Oh, Scotty boy. She named her cat after Scotty Pippen. Don't let her tell you differently. Yeah, he's and he's so cute. 
He really is a cute boy. All right, we got to go. It is time. Jacqueline has work in the morning and wants to go to sleep, so we got we to gotta wrap it up. All right, guys, everybody have a great night, and always remember to ask some jacks. With Alex and Jax.